0: welcome back to wellness inc i'm dr mike moreno taking a deep dive into all things wellness after over 25 years of practicing medicine i'm fascinated with anything and everything that can help you feel better live healthier and become the best you possible i'll be interviewing the most cutting-edge experts in the field of wellness and exploring new innovative technologies to help you live your best life at the end of each episode i'll give you my weekly rx My top tips for you to use right away. Remember to subscribe for free, rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Dr. Ann Shippey is a physician, scientist, engineer. And if that's not enough, how about a mom? That's probably the biggest job of all. She's the author of Shippy Paleo Essentials and the Mold Toxicity Workbook. We're going to get into all the mold stuff because it's a big deal and we need to talk about this. She has successfully treated conditions ranging from near fatal toxicity to neurological disorders, autoimmunity, infertility, and beyond. Are you ready, folks? Ready to detoxify and heal? I love that word heal. Just sounds good. Well, buckle up. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Shippy.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It sounds like we're going to have a really fun conversation.
0: Listen, we got to (laughs) like, we got to get a lot of this word out there on things because I think, you know, I was just talking to one of the producers earlier and I said, you know, the human body, if you think about it, it's the same body that we had a hundred, 200, 500 years ago. I mean, it's the same body that like cavemen walked around, right? Two, Two lungs, a heart, two kidneys, like the whole thing, right? But it's now the environment that we live in that's created the challenges for us to exist. You almost wanna go back to the uh, caveman days with dinosaurs and we didn't have all these crazy stuff around us. So first of all, super excited to have you. And I know your story's rather interesting. And I I want, first of all, for you to talk to us a little bit. Tell us about your roots and how you got to where you are now. I think that's critical.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I was just having this conversation with a patient earlier today because I feel like my own body, my health journeys have actually been my greatest blessings. And when you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to see that there's anything good that's going to come out of it. But the, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the first one that I went through was I was uh, on the fast track at IBM, chemical engineer, you know, man- managing big groups of people, getting to do really cool things like get hydrochloric carbons out of our manufacturing processes so that we'd have a cleaner environment and um i just went downhill health wise really quickly after a vacation i went from feeling like i could conquer the world to like hardly function wasn't too great on i people around me my employees and peers really thought i was um potentially dying i looked like i had cancer and um and I, you know, I went from doctor to doctor uh, in the allopathic model, and I didn't get any answers. So then I started thinking outside the box. Went to you know a whole bunch of different kind of um, people approaching the body differently. Everything from acupuncture to a naturopath to herbalist. Just uh, you know some, <laughs> some doctors that were doing leading edge immunotherapy. And then I was reading everything I possibly could get my hands on. It was before the internet. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> it's like lots of, different I mean, there's
0: things. an element of desperation there, right? Oh my gosh. And let me get, I'm going to guess. And I think you're going to shake my head and go, yep. But I bet you a lot of people were saying, well, you're just stressed. Oh yeah. but I wouldn't accept that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and what you're, you look, you're working at IBM. It's a high, you know, high stress job. This and that people are like, Oh, you just got back from vacation. You're just stressed out coming back to work. I'm sure you heard that. And good for you that you're like, okay, yeah, I am stressed. Who isn't these days or even those days, Mm -hmm. but you took it to another level.
1: Yeah. So I think about stress as changing the threshold of how things work in your body, but I don't think about it as being the main trigger for an event like that. Right. And so I'm sure it did play somewhat of a role and it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's played a role in my other health journeys as well. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, expect, you know, it gets to be a feed forward loop, right? The worse you feel, the more stressed you feel. Right. right?
0: That's actually a great point. And then it's just like, yeah, you're, you're circling the drain and you're just kind of going round and round and round. It's, it's frustrating. So you, de- you decided at that point, you're like, okay, I'm going, I I want to become a healer. I want to go into medicine. So you were one of these people when I was in med school that I remember seeing like, like parents in med school. And I thought to myself, how are they doing this? Because I'm barely getting by and I just have me. And you were a mom at this point, right?
1: Well, I actually was, Pregnant during my second year of med school, had my oh first my child right during the first rotation of third year. You know when you start. Oh my God, that's amazing. and <laughs> here I'm 34 at this time, and <laughs> so you know wow. advanced age for medical school. And then um, <laughs> yeah, running around having having babies, and then I had my second. I was pregnant during the second year of residency, and then he came right at the beginning of. third year of of residency so yeah that put a little so to go from where you're you know you feel like you're practically dying to be well enough to have babies at 34 and 38 in med school and residency where you're you know not getting sleep every third or fourth night it's pretty amazing (laughs) i bet that's just what you know one of the things about how incredible the body is and the capability of healing.
0: I think one of the most important things in terms of sort of foundation and scaffolding for what we're going to talk about is you hear the terms functional medicine, integrative medicine, alternative medicine. So can you kind of break that down you know, briefly for us in, in terms of, so people have an idea of like, when you hear these terms, you know, what does this actually mean?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think about alternative medicine is just a, it's kind of a slang term. That's really anything other than allopathic. So, you know, okay. MD, here's Perfect. the drug, here's the test. Integrative is more putting things together, like considering adding an acupuncture or considering adding in herbs. Um, Um, meditation, you know, all these other modalities of healing um, in whatever particular way that the patient and the practitioner want to put them together. And then functional medicine is more specific. It's a particular framework um, that is very science-based and looking at systems biology. So looking at how one organ system affects the other. Like you can't just look at what's going on with the heart. It's really what's going on in the whole body, the endocrine system, the immune system, and all of these things working together.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Now we're going to dive into mold, but I want you to talk about your personal journey with mold. I mean, this was a a major deal. So let's kind of talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I was trucking along. I had started my functional medicine practice and was into it several years. And I was starting to look for where else can I get additional continuing medical education that actually helps me to be a better um, doctor in this realm. And I had gone to Dr. Bill Ray's environmental health conference. And it was the first time I'd ever heard anything about toxic mold being a a factor you know we're not taught about that in in medical school and you know you can get aspergillosis in your organ systems especially in the lungs right and i I think i've been missing this in some of my patients so i went back to practice and i was like oh my gosh there are three or four patients that i think have toxic mold and it, it was kind of an introduction to toxic mold but there wasn't a you know a really good philosophy for how to approach the patients. It was just more like here it exists and here are some of the symptoms to be looking for. And then about nine months later, I started to have some really strange symptoms. And um, I, again, it didn't dawn on me that this could be me because it was so early in my understanding of mold. So, you know, I, I went to my most trusted allopathic um, uh, colleagues, I went to a neurologist. I went to infectious disease specialist. I went to a rheumatologist because <laughs> I was I was having so much pain in my body that it was hard for me to even have my kids hug me. I couldn't wear heels anymore because my foot was bothering so much. And the most concerning thing was, well, other than my hair falling out, and I was, all, you know, it's like, oh my god, oh, I man, really <laughs> that would
0: be that's yeah. concerning. I yeah. would be concerned as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I my had right. <laughs> <laughs> such neurological symptoms that if I held a glass that was full, sometimes it would slip out on my hand. So my right arm was getting Wow. Sore. So
0: I did a lot of, were, I'm I'm curious, were, were doctors talking, bringing up the term fibromyalgia?
1: Not fibromyalgia, but um, ALS. Uh, didn't think right. I had ALS, though. I also had some of the muscle fasciculations that people see with um, ALS and some severe muscle cramping things. So, you know, I didn't quite fit in the MS, the ALS category, but I, you know, had definite neurological findings on my exam.
0: Uh, so what did you do? I mean, you're, you're now thinking of your three patients. So you're like, Oh my gosh, I think I have three patients that may have this. And then like nine months later, you're like, Oh my God, I think I may have this. So what happens?
1: It still didn't dawn on me because the leak in my house wasn't obvious at that point. Um, uh. One of my patients who I was working on with um, chemical sensitivity, she came in one day when I, I was very Momentous day. It was one of those days where I dropped a glass in the morning. Um, she, once she was doing great, she leaned over the table and she's like, "Doctor Shippy, I can tell you're really sick, and I think it is making you sick. And I want to know what time you get off work because I'm going to come to your house after you get off work and. I have particular symptoms in my body that happen when I get into chitomium again, and I wanna see if that's what's going on with you. I really thought I had it all together that day. I didn't think anybody could tell. You know, I had my makeup on, my hair done. I was, you know. And um, she came to my house and she walked in the house, and within a few minutes, she had her symptoms. And she said to me, Get your kids out here, don't spend another night in here, and don't take anything with you.
0: Wow. Like that, just like that. So what happened?
1: Well, I took her advice because I was really scared and I went and I was very fortunate. I was able to stay with my parents and, um, you know, just started really deeply learning about mold. And again, it's, it's been one of my greatest gifts because I've been able to help my patients by learning how it really works in my own body. And, um, it took me. You know, running multiple mold samples, getting multiple people in to do inspections and finally found the titanium So we had had a flashing on a chimney that wasn't keeping the water out. Water was running down the chimney through the walls and underneath, actually, my son's, one of my son's um, beds. And um, had a pretty major mold problem from that. And then there was probably also some in the air conditioning system.
0: Were your kids affected at this point?
1: They don't quite really like me to talk about it because it's kind of sensitive. Right. <laughs> but, sure. No, yeah. I mean, understandable. What, one of my kids, uh, the one that was sleeping on top of it, uh, was dramatically uh, affected. It was affecting his ability to learn in school. He was in third grade at the time. And, um, you know, we were getting called in to the, the, see the teacher on a regular basis because he was so frustrated when she would bring up something new for the kids to learn that he wouldn't be able to control his body. You know, he'd be moving around the classroom, moving around the floor, and just really um, not the easiest student to deal with. And what was interesting is, um, so this was kind of in the November timeframe, by the time they went back to school in January after the break, uh, went back in for another uh, parent-teacher conference, and she was like, everything's so much better.
0: Wow. I mean, dramatic. What I tell my patients, the, my approach to health and wellness is, first of all, you, you have to do your part, right? You have to do your part in terms of health and nutrition. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But then your environment is a big thing. A huge thing. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. Did, do you think this stuff existed and just we didn't know about it? Say, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, or is it, do you think it's just because of evolution and all the new stuff and you know bells and whistles that have now created sort of a, a, a place for these molds to live and be present?
1: I think it's actually both. There, it actually goes. By, I think one of the best documented times is when the Bible is being written, and there's actually mm-hmm. references to the priest coming into the home and assessing mold in the Bible. Wow. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing mentioned, like practically burn the house down kind of thing, if it if it's not remediated the first time around. So that's pretty interesting. And then it goes way back in um, you know, scientific documentation as far as uh mycotoxins, the mold toxins. So I want to distinguish between allergy, infection, and toxicity. So the, the allergy is when our immune system is responding and it's the typical allergy symptoms that we think all the way to asthma. Infection generally means, you know, it's almost like a colonization or taking over of the fungus in the body, especially for people that are immunosuppressed, but it can really happen to anybody. And then the toxicity is like getting poisoned. So it's the chemicals that the mold makes. Uh, one of those categories of chemicals is called mycotoxins. Uh, so when those uh, we generally breathe them in, but they can actually come in through the digestive system or through the skin as well. Um, those, depending on, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of different ones, and some of those are are they um, they poison the mitochondria. They can impact our gene expression. Um, and then they can also damage individual organ systems and cells.
0: And we're talking tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that are affected by this or maybe. Yeah.
1: And so that gets to your question, like, is this actually getting worse? And yes, it is. So we are building homes now that have the building materials, the drywall impregnated with mold spores. So it just takes increased humidity or Um, some water damage to activate the mold growth. And then we're building these homes that are very tight for energy conservation. So the, the chemical production into the air of the mycotoxins, we're breathing them in and they go, they're so small. They go right into our systems just by breathing. And I would
0: imagine it's, as with many things, gradual processes tend to sneak up on you because the change is so limited and it's, palpability from day to day, from week to week, from month to month that you, it's not like, you know, you go to bed fine, you wake up with a sore throat and you have a strep throat. It's not like that. It's such a gradual change, right? Like when, you know, someone grows their hair and you haven't seen them for six months and they grow their hair, you're like, Oh my God, your hair is so long. But to the person growing their hair from day to day, they're like, eh, it looks the same to me. So it's that kind of thing.
1: It's a great analogy. Yes, it is kind of, i If you think about the frog in the pot and doesn't jump out because the (sighs) temperature's gotten uh, gradually increased, but there can be a tipping point, you know? So I definitely knew something was wrong, um, in that, but then about five years later, I got in mold again and it was just sudden onset adult asthma. Like I just couldn't breathe.
0: One of the things that you talk about, and I want, I want you to share this with people is the DIY solution, Right. DIY, do it yourself. So, first of all, I'm a big fan of that period. But let's kind of share with the, the listeners what the DIY solution is, the do-it-yourself solution. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, you know, sometimes it's really difficult to find somebody who's an expert in this to guide you, and that, so that's part of why I wrote the um, the workbook so that you can start to put the puzzle pieces together for yourself. So, and then we also have a handout on that you can get on the website. Um, that will also get you started just for free. Just, you know, we just email it to you. So, um, you know, there are tests, there's testing that you can do because uh, to look at your environment, because a lot of the mold inspectors, especially in the state of Texas, uh, um, are just, they're not up to date on the latest technology. So they're using these old ways of trying to look for the mold rather than actually, um, you know, using DNA to see what mold is there rather than somebody looking at it under a microscope. And then also actually being able to check for the mycotoxins, which are, you know, for me, one of the biggest enemies is, and, um, to be able to check for that in the environment and then also in your body. So there are, there are urine tests that you can, can get, uh, you can order them yourself from some of the labs that do it. It's, um, to just even say, okay, well, I'm recognizing some of these symptoms. I've got some brain fog. I've got a skin rash. I've got these muscle aches, you know, some of these things that I've talked about. And you're starting to wonder, do I have it? Is this happening to some of my loved ones? You can really get started yourself. And then um, also in the book, I talk about some of the ways to help to uh, detoxify as well as there's some rebuilding that has to take place.
0: Yeah. I love the workbook idea because I, in a sense i do journaling with my patients constantly you know and i, I use this as an example and you know trying to figure out perhaps uh food intolerances or food sensitivities right the spectrum is so grand but i tell people what did you have for breakfast 13 days ago well they don't know i don't know unless you're one of these people who is so regimented you eat the same thing every morning for breakfast but i think the point being and to your point the with the mold toxicity workbook is we live a fast paced life we don't even know what we had for breakfast yesterday so we need to create that pathway right that sort of uh, that sort of scaffolding for you know w- how we eat. What did we do? What did we not do? Did we drink water? Did we drink caffeine? all of these things? And I think that's what I love about the workbook idea, because it's a way for us to slow down the world and really examine our bodies and our function and our, our, our things that we do, our don'ts, our do's and don'ts. And I love that you're doing that because that's what we need, right? We need to like slow down yeah. and think about what we're doing.
1: And also, it can be. this can be so overwhelming, first of all, just to not feel good and wonder what's wrong and am I ever going to be able to get better, but then to feel like you have to do everything all at once, you know, so that right. you kind of break it up into to bite-sized pieces that, you know, chew one, <laughs> one bite at a time rather than take on the whole hamburger and, yeah, and
0: it's a lot no it's totally a lot and i I think you know your story is incredible and i think you hear more and more about mold toxicity and mycotoxins and and all of these things but i i think the beauty of you know one of the things i love about doing the show is bringing this to the audience and and awareness right we you can't know too much you really can't and i think if if you have proper guidance from someone like yourself you can really learn a lot about yourself. So let's deviate a little bit and talk about some autoimmune disorders. I think it's important. So what is, when we, just for the audience's sake again, when we talk about autoimmune disorders, what what do you mean when you say that to somebody?
1: Yeah, so for me, autoimmune is just really simple. It's when the immune system gets uh, confused enough that it starts attacking itself. And so it's probably working on something that needs to be addressed, but as it's working on on it, the the immune system starts to recognize part of what it's ever it's working on as your thyroid or your blood vessels or your cell membranes or um, your liver or you know really any system in the body can can be affected by autoimmunity, and so kind of the pillars behind that are it can be as simple as uh, your gluten genes getting triggered and you just need to cut out gluten. So I've had many right. people over the years that, um that we've been able to totally turn off this autoimmune process um just by changing your diet. But then sometimes it's that plus, you know, having had a mold exposure or heavy metal or pesticide or something that's but the body's like, ah, we got to, you know, or our barrel's full, we got to address it. And then sometimes it is um, just that um, there's an imbalance in the microbiome. So the we have all these good organisms that really cooperate with our immune system to to build immunity. But then when there's um, organisms, you know, and it can be really any of them, parasites, bacteria, viruses, or, uh, fungal that get an upper hand and, and shift what's going on with the immune system that way. So sometimes we have to address all of those things to get the, the, um, autoimmunity to reverse.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of us, um, whether, you know, when you, I have uh, sisters, uh, with RA rheumatoid arthritis, you know, and, and, you know, I had an older sister who had um, sarcoidosis and, and, you know, so these types of, I, I, a lot of autoimmune disease, I, I tend to think of rheumatological stuff, but there are a lot of things that are to your point, right? GI, gastrointestinal and, and dietary. I I think it's just, it's frustrating to me because I feel like our environment is just come building around us and and we're constantly having to battle through. It's amazing that we're still able to live to be 90 years old or, or longer in this potentially toxic environment. But I think, and I know you feel the same way, which is why I'm going to bring this point up (laughs) that we, otherwise I wouldn't, uh, that we have a lot more control over gene expression and over our bodies by just listening to ourselves by taking a breather and examining through using, you know, like for example, your mold toxicity workbook. We have a lot more control. You can't just say, oh, it's genetic. Now I don't buy that. <laughs> it's not, I mean, yeah, to some extent, but we how much those genes are expressed, is that fair to say? We have a lot more control over than we think.
1: Yes, I got to do a TEDx talk um about a year and a half ago and that's what I did my did it on so if you go on YouTube you can find my TEDx talk on teaching your genes how to behave <laughs> and
0: that's that's per- <laughs> well being a mother you probably have to learn how to teach behavior so uh, yeah, I love that.
1: It's, it's so beautiful when you think about it that way, because yeah, we all, you know, if you do 23 me, and then you send it through an algorithm like NTHFR support, where you can, you know, look at your methylation and your detox genes and your immune system and all those things, everybody has some polymorphisms or, you know, little glitches that make them more susceptible to um, whatever's going on in the environment. But it's really tremendous what we can be doing on a day-to-day basis with our lifestyle to make the most of what the genes that we got. <laughs> and, and so it really, <laughs>
0: That's exactly it, right? You can't just sign off and go, well, this is what I got handed to me. So I'm doomed. Cause that's not true.
1: And you know, when, you know, all this, uh, information started coming out on genetics, it really, it was kind of taught that way. Like, oh my God, you got these genes. Yeah, you're, right. Your <laughs> you're totally it. right. And, and you know, 23andMe got in so much trouble for for starting to tell people what their genes were because people really freaked out, right? You know, you've got the, right. um, the wrong ApoE genes and you know, so you're at risk for heart attack, stroke and cancer and oh my God, you're doomed, right? But it's so fun that okay, all right, I got that. I can see why this happened to my parents and my grandparents and my aunts and uncles. And wow, I'm gonna change that because I'm gonna I'm gonna really be taking care of my gene expression and um, and avert those things by my lifestyle.
0: Right. And and that's exactly, you know, one of the things. So one of my dear friends I went to med school with, he's like a brother to me. I've known him now almost 30 years. So when we were in medical school, you know, we were just living like 22 year old kids, you know, like, what do we know? And, uh, you know, my friend, he, unfortunately, when we were in medical school, his mother passed away, basically long story short, extensive cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. And his mother died when we were in med school and his father died when we were training. Oh, my gosh. Um, You know, strokes, heart attacks, the whole nine yards. Well, yet he continued to live his life of, you know, eating certain things and following certain diet that he just is just like, well, it's just genetic. Well, about three years ago, he was like, I I still think it was more of a panic led thing. But whatever happened, if it leads to health, I don't care how it happens, whether it's a panic attack or anxiety or whatever, it got him to become a lot more sort of self-aware. And he became a whole food, plant-based person. Now, God bless him. I I couldn't do it. I still, there's certain animal products I still consume. I am I always like to use the term plant forward, meaning head that direction, right? Do the best you can. But uh, his thing is that, you know, and he's had CT angiograms to look at his cardiovascular structure and this and that. And he has reversed. And in a sense, you know, when you look, you talk about, reversing your risk or reversing your potential gene expression, or at least putting it to rest. Look, if you have a 70% risk of something because of gene expression, if you can knock that down to a 30%, how is that not a win, right? <laughs> right. It's like the, the less likely you are to have some bad thing happen, the better. And through diet and nutrition and health, it affects a ton of stuff. And I know that you're a big you 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 feel the same way again i bring this up because i know you're going to mm-hmm. be like yes <laughs> but it diet nutrition has a lot to do with how our body and how our genes express themselves
1: yeah you know this whole statement food is medicine is it just is the truth and food is information for your genes to know what to be doing like if you're eating these foods that i consider inflammatory so gluten and dairy sugar um all the chemicals and things like Gatorade, and you know, those are telling the immune system to get get going. Like there's stuff to be doing to do repair and to um, to try to ward these off. And um, one of the things I love to do is to look at an advanced lipid panel uh, through Boston Harbor Quest, where we can look at markers for inflammation in greater detail than we ever had before the, you know, the LPPLA2, the MPO, high sensitivity CRP, the fibrinogen and evaluate what the dietary changes are doing. And and therefore you reducing the risk for the cancer, heart attack, stroke, diabetes, all these things that this current state that we're in with COVID is really, you know, showing the tip of the iceberg. You know the people that whose immune systems are really not working are generally the people that have these underlying um, low-grade inflammation, and um, the tools are right there for us to evaluate. You know, you do a diet for three or four weeks. um, You know, maybe you do a vegan or vegetarian, or you um, you know switch over to grass-fed, you know, wild-caught kinds of proteins, and you can do little studies and see what your particular body really responds to. Because I think, you know, not everybody feels great on a total um, vegan vegetarian diet. I, I did it for three years and then I couldn't do it anymore because my body really needs some animal protein. Um, but then when I look at my cholesterol panel, I'm actually better if I have a very plant forward, like you say, like plants are always, almost always the biggest part of my plate. Right. <laughs> and then throw in some good fats and some healthy proteins as, you know, as much as available for my the situation that I'm in. All my markers um in that show inflammation, that show the autoimmune uh issues that I've also had in the past staying really good.
0: So you and I know you have a lot of this a lot of these lab panels and things on your website to learn more. And I so I'm a person. Let's just say I go on your website and you look, and I see all these laps, Like, how do I know what which way to go or what to, you know where do I start? Especially priority. for someone who doesn't have medical background. Like, what do you? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, you know, just depending on what. And that's why in the in my practice, I'm so individualized. I love that you know diving deep with with my patients based on what's going on with them and what I think the priority is, but. Um, I firmly believe, you know, the gut is the center of the universe <laughs> for our individual bodies. You know, it's it's where we absorb our nutrients that actually run our biochemistry and physiology. It's sixty to seventy percent of our immune system. It's a big part of how we detoxify. So, if we're going to start with any one thing, I like to start with the gut.
0: I couldn't agree more. I mean, you can't argue with what you put in your body has to have a, a tremendous impact on everything moving forward, brain function, heart function, you know, everything. So if you're, you know, it's like putting diesel gasoline in an unleaded car, it's not going to do you very well. It's just not, or dumping some sugar into a gas tank, you're going to have problems. And I think, again, it goes back to what we were talking about before. We live in this, this fast paced world where, you know, People, You know, back in the day, it was like you had an answering machine and you left house and you came back and there was a little red button that would flash that said you had a message and you would hit play. Life was nice then. Now, (laughs) you have to have 10 different ways for someone to get a hold of you immediately. So my point being, and that's a whole nother discussion, my point being it's just a rapid fire world. And we just think that our bodies are supposed to be able to deal with it. We are not robots. this is not a different species. We have to take care of ourselves, and I think going to someone with your expertise, with your knowledge is is a great place to start, quite honestly.
1: Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point like i I really hope that what's happened over this last year is it's just a wake-up call for everybody to look at these different areas of their life and and figure out how they can shore themselves up better. And the whole digital aspect of life is um you I have just totally quit watching TV. I check social media a couple of times a week. Um I very careful who I have conversations with so that they stay as productive and positive and loving as possible because um, what I found early on in COVID is that my, the way I'm wired, I, I want to take care of the whole, <laughs> the whole planet. I want to, <laughs> like, and so what I found is that, you know, the images on TV and, um, in, and even reading things on the computer started feeling very overwhelming for me. Um, yeah. because if I can't take action on it, It'll it you know tips over this plate, so I really try to limit the the things that are negative or that can be overwhelming to the things that are in my immediate vicinity of things that I can impact.
0: i I think that's so perfectly said. you know one of the things I talk about with my patients with stress is that I identify there are two types of stress. there is unavoidable and avoidable unavoidable is simply that I can't stress out over whether the sun's going to come out tomorrow or not. Cause I don't have control over that. I can't stress out whether it's going to rain tomorrow. Now I can dress properly. I can take an umbrella. I can drive safely to work. Right. So we have control over some things, but to your point, exactly. Like there's a lot of stuff that we don't. And I think recognizing that is, important. And the sooner you recognize that the better. And I, I can't agree more with you in that. I hope this has been a tremendous wake up call. Uh, my mom used to always say when I was a kid, you know, don't get too big for your britches. And I think we got too big for our britches over the last several decades. And, uh, this was a way of some higher entity saying, slow down, take it easy. And, uh, you know, it was a wake up call. And I hope I I got, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, you know, it's fortunate for us that there are passionate people like you who go that extra step to do these extra things, to look beyond just, you know, these, these certain parameters at other things. So I, whether now, do you take patients in Austin only, or like how do we get to you? <laughs> That's let's get to the real big question here. How do we get to you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Two things. One is the one of the benefits of COVID has been that I've uh, up until this last year I've had to have people fly in from um, out of town or out of the country. Uh, for their first visit. And then after that, then we can do phone or doxy, which is like Zoom, uh, for follow-up appointments. But because of COVID, they've relieved that issue. I still like to see people in person for the first visit so right. I can you know listen to their heart and lungs, check their blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. But um, it's actually been really nice for people to to not have to, to, to fly in. The other thing is I've been working diligently over the last few months to come up with um, an online program that I'm calling Be Resilient, Be Immune. And it should be done in the next three weeks. And so I do a lot of teaching, um, you know, step by step on things to be more resilient, be more immune. What I think is important um, in these times for, for people to be doing with all these lifestyle things, and then also to help make sure that if and when, most likely when you're exposed to COVID, if you um, are actually having a life, um, what, to, what to do about it. So uh, if uh, people that are listening and want to tap in that way, that's um, we'll be announcing that in the newsletter uh, coming out in the next couple of weeks. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, COVID has been a very, uh, like I mentioned, when we were getting started, I haven't done uh, very many podcast interviews this year because um, I've <laughs> Lucky
0: me <laughs> and lucky you guys that are listening.
1: <laughs> busy with this uh, project this year because, um, so I had COVID uh, back last March. Um, oh, you had it? <laughs> I had it last March and I got it from my first patient that had um, Covid, he could come in just for a, you know regular visit, and then actually started having symptoms a couple of days later. And I, you know, I love to give hugs, so I had hugged him hello, hugged him goodbye, and we had checked his blood pressure a couple of times because he was you know wondering if he was starting to have some issues with blood pressure. And so I, I think I got a pretty good dose, and then have had over a uh, hundred patients um, in the last year, so I've had lots of experience with how to you know, take the research that's coming out worldwide and then what I've seen with myself and patients.
0: Isn't it? I mean, listen, we're going to learn so much, right? We're going to learn so much in the next three to five to 10 years about this, this nasty thing that has happened to this world. Um, But,
1: But what I'm finding is that it's very treatable.
0: Yeah, very much. I think my thing is let's not get it in the first place. But right. I, you know, <laughs> I'm like you. You know, it's funny because you not funny, but it, it's interesting because you say you like to give hugs. Like th- this whole thing about wearing a mask. I, I I what I hate most about it is I can't see people's face. I like to see the smile. I like to see you know what I mean. I, and it's like I don't care about wearing the mask and it's discomfort. Whatever. I, I I I'll get over that. It's not going to kill me. But I just like to see someone, a a bright face, you know, or a smile or a hello or whatever it is, you know, I, I'm an old school guy at heart, you know, and, you know, my mom taught me well, bless her. And uh, yeah, I just like human interaction. I love that you say you like to hug people because, you know, I I feel we're going to get back to better places. We're going to get there. we got to get through this. We're going to learn, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it's a man, it's been a real... Thorn in our side.
1: Well, and I felt fortunate in that I got COVID early. I still have antibodies, you know, a year later. Right. So I have been able to hug people, and you know, be pretty confident I'm not giving them COVID. And I've been able to travel, and um, and I know now what to do from a prevention standpoint with the right supplements and and medications when it makes sense. So. I have gotten to live somewhat of a a you know more normal life than I think most people have but on the facial thing I I say I have facial dyslexia like I feel like I I really have to see people's full faces to
0: know. I I don't think that's unusual for you and I. I think that's kind of a lot of people. Maybe you don't even recognize it, but, you know, look, we follow the guidelines. We we do what CDC tells us to do. I think everybody's trying to do their best here. I, I don't feel like there's, you know, a huge conspiracy. I think we're just all trying to do our best in this moment of panic and this really kind of thing that's never, we've never encountered and, and just yeah. do your best, do what seems like the right thing to do and uh, take care of your body. And lastly, thank you for spending. I know you, like you said, you've been kind of out of the whole podcast loop and I feel honored. And as should everybody listening, honored that we got to spend some time with you. I, it's it's always enjoyable to speak with colleagues, but even more so what people that we learn from, I learn from all the time. So thank you. I'm,
1: i Thank you so much for inviting me. And it's, it's, This is so fun for me to get to have these great conversations and and hopefully inspire your listeners to know how amazing their bodies are and how resilient they
0: are. There we go. We have to see. We have to go see Dr. Shippy. Where do we find you now? Now the final thing. Everyone's like, okay, Mike, shut up. And how do we <laughs> find Dr. <laughs> Shippy? So
1: it's very simple. And ship, and and then I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're I've got a great team that helps to put out good information constantly, so that there's you know really good blogs and um, recipes and inspiration on you know just take, taking that like we talked about earlier. That little, what bite am I going to take today? How am I going to help move my health forward? Right. So lots and lots of ideas. And then there are a bunch of handouts. Um, one of the big things that I think is um, that I really love that the team and I have put together is one on environmental toxicity. So it's, there's a very in-depth guide on the steps you can take to start reducing this environmental load, uh, load that, you know, being the frog in the pot and not realizing that the water is coming up to boil with the environmental toxicity.
0: Well, thank you. And uh, your knowledge is is valuable on so many levels and uh, we, uh, we're all gonna reach out to you, myself included. <laughs> There's so much. every time I have a guest on here, I'm like, okay, wait, how, what, what was it? How do I get you again? No, seriously, thank yeah. you. Really appreciate it. Weekly Rx. That's it for today. And now for the Weekly Rx. You know, g- great conversation. And I think a couple of nuggets of information that I find helpful is number one, do your homework. You know, never stop looking for an answer. I-, I think there, are our bodies are incredibly complex. We live in an incredibly complex world and environment and you just need to do your homework. I love also the idea of the do-it-yourself and Dr. Shippey has so many great tools and 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 the whole sort of do-it-yourself solution it is great. I mean, you're your best advocate, right? And lastly, you have more control over your genes and your gene expression than you think. And I think uh, we could probably point towards Dr. Shippey's TED Talk on gene expression. So I hope it was helpful. We'll leave it at that. Don't forget to subscribe for free, download and listen to Wellness Inc. with me, Dr. Mike Moreno on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Follow me on social at The 17 Day Diet. Have a great day. Thank you. Hey, Dr. Mike Moreno here. I'm excited for what's in store for the next four episodes, biohacking. It's a buzzword that's been circulating for years now. But does it have any true medical significance? Are there any actual benefits for you? Is it even affordable? Well, I'm going to take a deep dive to help you better understand what it is and how you can do it on a budget. I'm kicking the series off with the father of biohacking himself, Dave Asprey. I'll also talk to experts on how you can biohack your life using food, sleep, and meditation without breaking the bank. So tune in and let's get hacking. The Wellness Inc. with Dr. Mike Moreno podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional. Thank you.